If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at liveonfourlegspod. Not only uh, are we happy to be ending this long year, which uh, it, it, at times it got a little rough and, and it felt like we were dying, but now it feels like we're here and we've died and gone to heaven. And already you're, uh, you're being very active and loud out there and it makes us, uh, we can feel it up here and we appreciate it because we're, we're going home. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and we're back with another episode like we do every single wednesday it's become somewhat of a tradition that we've been doing for about two and a half years and keep that word in mind because tradition will be something that will come back in just a second but today we're doing hawaii 2006 and this is a very important show uh for the grand scheme of things and we're going to be this is basically going to be a boom gasper uh, appreciation day. So if you are a boom fan, there will be lots of boom love. There will be lots of boom talk. He doesn't get enough of it. So today is your day, Mr. Boom Gasper. Let's just get right into it. Randy Sobel over here, John Farr over there. And, oh. and, and I use that word tradition. So we're going to go back to the beginning where we all started on this show. We're going to add in the old co-host, from the from the good old days back when this show was oh three hours long and you know repetitive and and all those good things this is matt helping matt helping is back on the show everybody hey yeah matt. oh yeah the lo- the long stretch before we knew what it was to uh you know condense and consolidate <laughs> talking points where we just talked about uh everything that came to mind but, here's yeah. here's my question because you haven't been on since i think last summer we did wrigley with you last summer and you right. did well now a couple I'm, episodes I'm, here and there i'm putting my patreon uh uh donation to to good use here <laughs> and i think i think it was it was uh i i don't remember what we had done but i i text you and i said i i really want to do an episode soon because i knew i was doing the draft with you coming up and i was like yeah let's let's I haven't listened to a bootleg in a long time, so I really wanted to. The, the desire came back. See, this is it did. It when, did. When I don't egg you on, this is when you come back, and this is when you participate, and that, that's a good thing. 
Well, and as I mentioned too, I've been listening to the episode uh, every week, you know, since. So uh, yeah, a- after a while, it's just like, oh, you know, do I have a time in this week or next week or whatever? So when you gave me the date, I made sure it was clear and we were good to go. Old podcast co-host still listens to podcasts that he was on. Does of course. Feel, does it feel like... I like I feel judged. He's he's just judging me. <laughs> no way. It's, it's so You're good. You're judging I me every it. week. That's how I, I feel. <laughs> I told you on the draft episode that the podcast is... is uh, Every week it gets better and better. So, no, it's, it's fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. We appreciate yeah, that. Do you... <sighs> I, I have no idea. I haven't polled the listeners or anything like that. But how many listeners do you think still remember you from back then? Because we just have this new crop of people that I don't think have gone back to the very, very early stuff. And and by the time that John jumped in, it's episode like 42 that we're talking here. So we're on this is 121. So there's a lot that has gone on since. Yeah, I'd say uh, bagel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a few and john <laughs> <laughs> you and john and my, have essentially switched roles and my brother yeah <laughs> anyway we're here to talk hawaii today and pearl jam has such a rich history with the state and uh obviously ed has the this attachment to hawaii because he's a massive surfer so once it came time to hey look he needs to go on vacation. He needs to kind of mellow out and kind of get his head in a different place and kind of forget about Pearl Jam. This is his escape, and it seems like a lot of quarantine. He spent time in Hawaii, and uh, he, he spent time there with his wife and kids. So uh, he's no stranger. That's basically his home away from home. And, you know, these shows are very special and very important to him, it seems. And uh, let's tell the story. John, I, you love telling the story, so I'm just going to hand it off to you here. What, how did this all come about, you know, Ed meeting Boom and then forming this relationship with him that would later form Boom joining the band? Well, yeah, you mentioned Hawaii. You know, I think the story was a couple of months ago. He was, there was, oh, there was somebody was randomly playing ukulele at a bar in like Hawaii. That was only like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Ed jumped on stage and sang Hawaii 78 with him, which we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the story is, Ed, you know, Ed was, I think he, he has a little cabin in Hawaii. And yeah, he had, he had just gone out, see this, see a band play. A uh, band had a keyboard player that was really good. Went up and talked to him like, hey, you know, I'm in this band. Like we, we've been looking for someone to play kind of keyboards, piano on tour with us. And Boom, of course, had no idea who Pearl Jam was, which is just one of the classic like band stories. You know, he had he had no idea that he was joining one of the, like the classic, you know, great American rock bands. And yeah, just joined up, and it was like it was like they've got this old guy playing keyboards now, and it's but it's but it's good, and it's yeah, it was. He just kind of became a he became a crowd favorite from the beginning. It's just like, I mean, the name. I mean, how can you go wrong with a name like Boom? It just <laughs> leads to those those crowds and the, the boom. You know, everybody knows it. My, so, my favorite. Yeah, it's a great story. story. Yeah, my my actually my second favorite story because that's obviously the story. But my second favorite Boom story is after the Philadelphia 2003 show. 
they in I guess like the Philadelphia Times, whatever their newspaper is, I'm 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 unsure, but they wrote a review and said Pearl Jam fans know what they like and they don't like keyboard hmm. because they thought they that he was getting booed. <laughs> That's right. They had no idea what his name was. And probably with a quick Google search or whatever, they saw that his name was Kenneth Gaspar and had no idea <laughs> that he was, he was boom <laughs> because there probably wasn't that much information about him at the time, aside from, you know, him just being on stage with the band. But he's look more love to him because he's, he's a very important band member. And at this time in 2006, he's not, involved on every song you know he's kind of in and out a little bit and it feels like now he really is kind of in the set almost every single song and i'll ask you matt what what do you take of of boom's role in the band well it's funny okay so just to go back um and and you know it it was this guy who had no idea who they even were and he's like yeah you know i'll join and now he's he's kind of one of those guys that becomes like He's not like your favorite member because he's not like a stone or a mic or something like that. But when he comes out, he is your favorite member. He's you know, so I, I, everyone wants to see him and because and, he's always got a smile on his face. But that, that I think also um, maybe was um, a good thing because he was kind of bringing like no bad habits into the group. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm joining up with uh, with Pearl Jam. I'm. I'm you know, I'm going to go on tour with them. It's like, I don't know these guys. I'll, I'll learn the songs. I'll write with them. And it, it was like, it was like starting fresh in a brand new band with that, that has worldwide, you know, um, notoriety. And he didn't have to worry about that. He was just this guy. So he, I, that's a good I, point. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't like some rock and roll guy. Right. Yeah. Like Never toured with anybody else. That's some kind of history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like these bands that are just, you know, I listen, I love a good super group, but, um, Randy and I laugh. Oh, I, well, I laugh about it. I don't know if Randy agrees with me, but I always say like, <laughs> I, I, I always say like, you know, Les Claypool ruins everything. You know, so <laughs> it's like you got these great songs with with Lennon, and and then Claypool comes in and he starts singing about like his his pet turtle, and it just it always ruins the song. It's terrible, and then it's it's like boom, is this guy playing in a bar? Has no idea who Eddie is, and and it's probably like a genuine friendship right there. It's not like oh, oh yeah. I, you know, I'm just like. I'm gonna. Why wouldn't I do this? You guys tour um, constantly, and you make a ton of money, and everyone knows you, and your uh, heads and hearts are in the right places, and you're going to be making music for years and years and years. This is a great deal. It's. Yeah, it was. I. I don't know. It comes off to me. He was just like, uh, you know, yeah. Let's see what this is about. And and he's and now he's a another favorite. life journey. Yeah. I would have loved to have been in the room when Ed proposed this to the rest of the band. Like, guys, found this guy in Hawaii. He plays keyboards. He's he's going to oh. come on tour with us. And then he walks out with, like, the beard and the hair. And <laughs> yeah. he's, like, 60 years old. And they're like, okay. I can see somebody like Jeff cool. saying, that's our, that's our guy. That's yeah, our I, guy right I, I was, there. I was going to say, I could, I could see Jeff saying something like, uh, oh, uh, you know, has he ever heard of us? As a joke, and then Eddie's like, "No," and then you know, have have someone like Jeff say, "He's he's in." Like, well, that's it's funny that you guys mentioned this because there's actually a video somewhere. It's like this bad stop motion type video or really bad graphics, and I stumbled upon it uh, one day. I, I don't know how, but it's basically that. It's basically a fan made a video about what 
Stone and Jeff and Mike's reaction and Matt would be to Boom joining the band. I think Stone. I think it was mostly revolved around Stone because Stone was mad that you know he wasn't the band leader anymore and and all of that. Uh, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, because I wouldn't even know where to search for that, <laughs> please email us live on four legs podcast at gmail.com because it is pretty freaking funny. It was just a random fan made thing, like really just bad animation. I think it was like one of those computer generated voices that they had in the background. Like it, it just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like egghead level stuff. Nobody That's get really that besides all fantastic points about Boom. He's tremendous, and look, he he fit in perfectly. Like at first, he wasn't doing a lot of songs. He was kind of doing his traditional songs, and then adding little flourishes on songs like Better Man and other songs that that deserved it. And uh, now, like I I get upset if like really upset if I see a picture of the five of them and Boom's not involved. It's just do you really? Yeah, I kind of do. Because I, I, I consider him to be part of this. He's a touring member. That That's all he is. Yes, and that's con- contractually, that's the reason why he's not in those photos. But, like, yeah. at least I, I know that he kind of, he's in Hawaii and probably doesn't want to travel up to Seattle and go to the warehouse and, and go and record with them. But it would have been nice to see him involved on at least, like, one track of the last couple albums. You know what I'm saying? I could see that, but I I could also see him being like, and of course I don't want to speak for him. It's just you know it's it's what you you take from his character, and it might just be something like, oh, uh, you know, boom, you want do you want to do this? We got these things, you know. Do you want you know there might not be much, but you know, blah blah blah. And he just might be on the, on the beach, just saying, nah, guy, do your thing, guys. I'll catch you. I'll he catch seems you on, like on he's the very happy go lucky and very <laughs> go with the flow. Like whatever you guys want to do, I'm here. I'm Listen, happy he was to do it he was hand, he was handed this uh not that he's not deserving because he's fantastic and of course we're huge fans so yeah i mean he's an old dude he's probably just like you know whatever like you know uh, i'll be there when you need me you know no you know that's and that's all we ask of him we don't really ask much more and and i know because when you see him it's so special yeah yeah absolutely so let's transition here let's talk a little bit about their history in Hawaii because they have played in Hawaii a total of eight shows over three touring years. Uh, as we talked about before, Ed has the seasonal residence down there and found boom and, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, their first appearance was in 1992 after the Lollapalooza stuff and after dropping the park. So they played, I think, three shows down there and there's no bootleg from one of them, but there is footage of i guess a sound check somewhere and i'm going to bring up something from that later because it's very interesting uh you know tying into the end of the show and i'm wondering if that was a, a callback to that sound check um but one of the shows that they played in maui they kind of did the first improv of hard to imagine that was the first appearance after that whole entire summer you you'll listen to pink pop you'll listen to all of the bootlegs that we have available to us from Lollapalooza you hear Mike in the background just going and it turns into something it's not anywhere close to the regular lyrics it's just it's the same pattern it's the same song progression but that's like the beginning of hard to imagine very very cool moment 
1998, the Yule Tour gets its kickoff in Hawaii, and uh, songs like Faithful and MFC made their live debuts there. Uh, I guess I would consider In Hiding made their li- made its live debut there too, because In Hiding was really debuted on Self Pollution. So, yeah, it's it's a debut in front of a real crowd. So, yeah, like a tour debut, I guess. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, in front of the non-radio audience. So those are kind of important facets too. Uh, obviously, Jack's last stint in the band. Uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then we get into this year, into 2006. And uh, two nights before this show, nothing was planned, but they played a surprise appearance at the Waimea Quicksilver Big Wave surf- Surfing Competition. And about 250 fans were in attendance. Kelly Slater joined the band for, I think, Rockin' in the Free World and Indifference. So... You know, that's that's the celebrity aspect of it. And, and if you watch uh, edit this show, he's wearing a Slater shirt the whole entire time. It's for Kelly Slater, not Slater Kinney. Um, and uh, yeah, he obviously has a good relationship with him. And that's, you know, that's been talked about before. And uh, it ended after this show a couple nights later is the U2 Vertigo tour. And they opened for U2. So... Hmm. A little callback to a couple Italian shows in 93 where they opened up for U2 and it was not the Zuropa tour, I believe, and it did not go very well. Uh, they were not received well by the Italian crowd. And uh, I would think that this show would ha- would have had a better response. So that is your Hawaii history with Pearl Jam. Does anybody have anything to add to that? No, uh, it was uh, it was nice hearing him. uh uh, talk to the crowd about it, though, and as as we get into the set, which is why we're here, um, is it is it like a hey we're back? Uh, this is what you've been waiting for set, or or is it? A I think set? it's a lot of things. I think it's a lot of things too. I think I think it's yeah yeah. I think I think first and foremost, it's it's a it's an end of tour set. It's an end of tour set, but also it's like let's take advantage and and let's do like a. Uh, Let's do a set that we know, like almost safe, like that everyone's going to love. But of course, these are going to be talking points once we get into it. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not easy for bands to go tour in Hawaii. Like you've obviously got to fly everything. Oh, yeah. It's it's a big pain in the ass, I'm sure. So and that's why you do, you know, two or three shows every time you're there to make it worth it. But in 92, that was kind of the end of that whole year of touring. It was like a big celebration. I think they, the stories, they filmed the Oceans video. Yep. One of those days. And you can see like they're having a lot of fun. They're just surfing, just hanging out. And 98, you start it there. And then here you're ending. And I think it, it might have even been a week that they between this show and the u2 show so that they were just hanging out surfing doing their thing like they they did this on purpose to just kind of like have a chance to hang out and have it be kind of a destination that they can think about when you're you know when you're you know huffing it through the midwest you got like oh we we've got hawaii at the end we got something to look forward to you know for sure are you surprised that they haven't returned and based on what you said and how difficult it is to get down there, it makes sense. But with the connection that Ed has, the connection with Boom and just other things surrounding, you know, the, the state being what it is uh, and it being a destination for a lot of fans, although very expensive. Uh, are you surprised that they haven't been back there in 15 years? 
Uh, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> wow. But they tend to do that as a band. Sometimes they'll just uh, right. do they. Maybe they just forget. Uh, oh, I but, don't think they would have forgotten. No, it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, just like you know, uh, certain areas of the world is just completely you yeah. know forgotten about sometimes. Right. But it, it might be too. I don't think he needs an excuse to go there anymore. You know, he's got the house there and everything. I'm, I'm sure they spend a bunch of time there. He doesn't doesn't need to go there to to spend time there. Right. Yeah. I think and he's done solo a, shows there too. So there's right. a, you know there's a lot of planning with tours and you know around everyone else's schedule and maybe sometimes these places. Uh, maybe the payoff isn't there to, you know, if they could only, if they only have two nights to spare for a, a show during a, like a U.S. tour and they know they have to end here, they have to start here, you know, places like that or, or, you know, Australia, Hawaii. Right. It's a, it's but a, hey, it's a hike, you, you know, know. If the Gigaton tour is going to start in Australia, then you never know. Yep. Take, take yeah, a pit yeah, stop t- t- for t- sure. Take, take the chance, go out there and do a bunch of them, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely, and and I, I I would hope that they would want to tour, and and I think that they're hungry for it. I think they're ready for it, but uh, we have no idea. So we will jump into this show right now, and we're gonna start off hot. John, you mentioned it before. In 1992, they filmed the video for Oceans, and here we start off the show the same exact way we started off with Oceans. Oh, to the grave. The currents will share Like me towards you No, something's left And we're all alive To dream of the names Oh, oh, on the next time we that we kick it off with their anthem for loving the beach and loving surfing and their love for the ocean and uh matt you hate all of it so uh, I'll, I'll just i'll just talk to john about this and how much like how appropriate is this for for them to start the show this way oh, it's fantastic i think we should make this the appreciation song just to spite matt <laughs> well i mean we had two the other week so i guess we can have another right. one later. i don't i don't appreciate that uh, no, I understand it, it's appropriate, but it's just so boring. It's just the most boring song in their catalog. So I just I gotta I gotta do a pass on that. Disagree. Disagree. Yeah, it just you know there's you can tell the cameraman is smart to start this off. He has some shots on Boom and he's getting Boom's reaction. And, and I don't think Boom performed the night before because the PJ Twenty book said that this was his first show in Hawaii so I don't I don't know what happened with that but uh, this was his debut at, in their hometown maybe it was one of those things where the band wanted to keep him here for this show and make it special for him for this and maybe it was just that so like you can tell that this is kind of like a dream come true and like he's he's definitely emotional for this and it, it is fun watching him uh, 
not just for this song, but the whole entire the whole entire show. Let's kick it into gear here. After Oceans, they head into a three-headed monster. No avocado songs. That was kind of that was kind of the trend in 2006. They would go opener right into some severed hand and worldwide suicide and life wasted kind of songs. It doesn't happen here. They give you the traditional ones: corduroy animal evolution. And uh, I'm wondering about the crowd very early on because it seemed like they needed a little bit of encouragement from Ed during Corduroy. And Ed gives them so much love and so much appreciation this whole entire show. But it seemed like at first he's he's trying to make a connection with them. I could somewhat agree to that. And I, I, could, uh, I could bring that back later on in the set uh, with something that I noticed that was uh, very close to that. But um, I... I like that they don't go right into avocado songs here. I think, I think where uh, where an avocado song comes in for a new song, I think is way more appropriate and hits way better. Um, yeah, really good. Ed's really into corduroy, especially Andy's doing all the emotes and everything, jumping around. So, like you said, Randy's probably trying to get the crowd into it, trying to kind of jumpstart them a little bit. And they they do take it on Animal. He he, he points the mic out, and lets him take it and sing. So. That, that's a cool moment but again every time we talk about these these the beginning of these sets where the album spacing out we got 10 vitalogy versus yield they're giving they're giving you a taste of all those 90s albums straight from the beginning yep absolutely yeah. and i think that goes to what matt said before kind of keeping it simple and getting the songs that are are just the easy just the hits just get them out of the way people can get into them people can sing along with corduroy they can they can sing along with animal like they did uh stone during evolution was awesome he gets a little spotlight on him and he's wearing a lay the whole time i feel like this oh, is yeah, stone when got you... laid i forgot <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> thank you for reminding me i didn't well we we don't see him get we, laid, we did not he is wearing right oh thank you randy right. i was that I, that reminded me i i would have gone the whole time without mentioning that he was laid for the whole <laughs> no, show no, no, no. I, of course well i i have extension onto that because that to me is one of Stone's signature looks when you go down the line of like the evolution of Stone's uh, wardrobe over the years. You well, know, with the, uh, and, and that's that's the fun thing is that um, this is 2006. You know, they've they've come a long way since uh, since the the orange hats and whatever. He, exactly. You know, the big sweaters with with shorts and and. And all that, um, and even the album is is just you know binaural is different, avocado is different, riot act is different. Like they're really changing. But Stone Stone will still do a Stone thing every now and then, and he'll you know, ten gallon cowboy right. Hat. And even if it's something small like wearing a lay for the whole show, it's mm-hmm. classic Stone, and it's fantastic. Absolutely, he's a weird dude. He's a, he's a sure. weird dude, but we love him. We love him to death. We love him to death, and. Uh, <laughs> And we wouldn't be here without him, for sure. All right, let's transition into some avocado songs, like we mentioned before. This is normally when you think 2006 and you think of, you know, coming off an opener, they go right into the Worldwide Suicides and Severed Hands of the World, this little section here. That's exactly that. Worldwide Suicide, Severed Hand, and Given a Fly. And uh, yeah, I I feel like the whole entire show, there are seven avocado songs that are played, but they're all spread out pretty nicely. Um, 
And even at the end, like we can talk about it when it comes up at the end, but it's it's very interesting the way they do it. They kind of bookend with with avocado, especially this being the last night on the tour. Uh, it was it was an interesting idea to do that. Um, it's been a while since we've talked about worldwide suicide. It's never been a top dog on this show, so to speak. Um, Severed Hand is is a little bit more favorable, actually much more favorable, uh, but. Given Fly here gets a little bit of a lyric change. Uh, made it to the islands, had a smoke in a tree. So, what'd you guys think about this? This is great. Uh, world Worldwide Suicide. This is so much better doing it here, especially with Severed Hand right after, because uh, you got the crowd going. Uh, this one hits really hard. I love it not in the first or second spot. I think this is so much better here. Warm them up and then hit them with like these these great new singles. Um, hey, a lot of people might not like avocado at that time or they're not as familiar with it who knows like don't jump right into it do it this way because it's so much better and it just it just has much more of an effect and severed hand i thought was super tight super happy to hear that finally come up great jam at the end of that yeah it was it was dead on it was dead on um and given a fly by this time they're in a groove and it's 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 paced and it's flowing worldwide suicide the most boring song in the catalog no oh my god not even close go anywhere there's a reason they haven't played it since 2014 too wordy just it's not angry enough for what it should be it's i don't know i think this version got a little angry they were they sounded pretty good yeah i don't i don't like it it's it reminds me of kind of like the the worst songs on gigaton where it's it's meanders for too long and it 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 just doesn't do anything for me. Boring. Sorry. Wow. He's not talking about Buckle Up. Really. <laughs> I hope not. I I like Buckle Up. Uh, we are pro Buckle Up on the show. We've talked we about are that. pro Buckle Up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, segue in. We get a little bit of the interaction from Ed. He says, cheers and good evening. Welcome to Pearl Jam's last show of the tour. Of the tour. And a little dad joke. Uh, we appreciate you coming. I know it's been a long time. The last time we were starting off the Yield Tour, we mentioned that before. Not only were we happy to be ending this long year, because at times it got rough and it felt like we were dying, but tonight it feels like we've died and gone to heaven. That is a quote to take from this show. Uh, already you're being active and loud, much appreciated, and uh Probably one of the bigger events that took place here around five years ago. I met a tremendous human being who's been a part of our lives ever since. He's been in our band. He's a great human being and a great Hawaiian. Mr. Kenneth Boom Gaspar. We're going to play something uh, about a week after uh, Boom and I first met. Uh, His wife, Pinky, uh, and Boom, they came over and uh, we went upstairs and... uh, we wrote this song and it's called We'd Like to Play For You Now. I, I think of Boom as the title of this song and it's called Love Boat Captain. This is the perfect song for Boom to do in his hometown. And not just that, but like this is this is a fantastic performance as well. Getting all the interaction at the end, they just keep going on. The great call and response and Boom is just providing that backbone. Longboat captain take the reins Steel restores the clear I know it's already been sung Can be sunlight enough Love is all you need All you need 
song and how i think this song is sneaky important in their catalog i really do i i think it's needed yeah or, or eddie would have written written it um and it would have been a lot different it could have been a, a quiet acoustic type thing it could have it could have gone many different ways without that build up in the beginning um yeah this this <laughs> this should have been the opener uh but um you need that kind of uh, you need that um, build up for, for boom, like in the speech, you know. So it's it, and listen, it, I'll take it anywhere. It's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, you you get to let the show begin, so it's kind of we're still early in the night. We've got a long way to go, and oh, th- this this little section here is great. Yeah, absolutely. It it kind of kicks you off into the middle middle part of the set, and Love Boat Captain into Wish List is a very good transition. Wishlist into Evenflow is a very good transition, and I want to talk a little bit about Wishlist transitioning into Evenflow because we get an extended outro from this with a little bit of Ed improving, and this was pretty common at the time. This comes up from time to time where Ed, and even in '98 and, and 2000, when when the song would come up, he would he would sing about being the president. I wish I was the president. I wouldn't have made the mistakes he did. I now believe his mistakes are crimes. A hundred thousand dead because the 2006 tour is basically a tour against the war in Iraq. There's not a night on this tour where they don't mention it, where they don't give a shout out to the troops, or they don't say something about, you know, George W. Bush and, and just being rightfully pissed off about him. So I think this is this is a very fitting way to kind of end that that part of 2006. Yeah, uh, I mean, this has been, it's not even 2006, they, they, they've been going on this for uh, their whole career, but it, it was, you know, it was like the, the focus of, of like the, 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 the tour before it, and you know, it's, it's still around today, but you know, Ed is more kind of dad jokey, and, and kind of, you know, he kind of has the good vibes, but yeah, no, they still are definitely hitting hard with like their you know their thoughts on everything uh, maybe not as hard as you know the the riot act time but it's it's obvious and avocado which is why it's such a good follow-up to riot act because it's like hey you know 
this stuff is still important. Don't stop talking about it because we're not going to stop talking about it. So, um, but also also add in that like love is important and love is a well thing yeah that, exactly and, and and it would like yeah. and and talk about loss and talk about yeah. inside job and things like and, that and like they're adding in other elements the, like that the, aren't just angry it's not just political it's like human betrayal. too and families yes and, and, absolutely but that that kind of I think that came with age with Eddie it's like I'm gonna I'm not gonna do the angst anymore I'm gonna focus on like what is actually important instead of just like being pissed off all the time it's good to be pissed off but like you know uh educate at the same time because he's got a huge he's got a huge ear a huge audience so give ed some credit here he does a really nice solo on the ebo yeah. one of the one of the best i've ever heard him do. oh th- really th- yeah well that's yes uh when they get really spacey with it the the ebo mm-hmm. which are like 14 bucks if there's any guitar or bass players out there that just want to <laughs> have some fun grab an ebo man they're they're, they're great <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no Ebo on on McCready's guitar here. He goes behind the back. We get the Hendrix-inspired solo, and it is just ripping fast, incredibly fast, and really 2006. 2003 was the coming out party of McCready, but 2006 is McCready the showman, and he's doing all of it here. But also 2006 is the year of the Matt Cameron. It's his drum solo, and we talk about it whenever we get to even flows from this year. The extended solo, you get about a minute of this, and man, you just look in his face, and he, he's feeling it. And you can tell at this point, everybody's in a really good groove. happy when that solo came up i was like oh this is going this is going on for a little while mike is kind of like he's like trailing a little bit here but i don't feel like they're gonna stop and i don't feel like they're gonna go back into you know um the chorus i was like i think we're getting a a cameron drum solo and and it was uh, you can tell you can kind of tell when they're there's a definite tee up yes exactly um I thought this even flow kind of came out of nowhere. I, I went into this. I didn't look at the set before, except for one song that I knew was going to be coming up. Um, and it's it's like properly placed, but they came out with this so hot um, and really like a really cool kind of uh, like a, a mild cool down before this that is uh, different with Wishlist and uh, Love Boat Captain. Uh, really cool uh, section here. 2006 even flow is is one of my favorite years for it. it it was it's such an important time in the evolution of the song because yeah you know people were kind of getting a little bored with it you know mccready was kind of doing some similar things that, and here comes this drum solo out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it really refreshed the song for a lot of people i think it was important in the in the evolution of the song if we ever again if we ever get to do an evolution episode on it that'll be a big part of it you know having having matt step in and i'm um, oh 
just great. And, and it's something that they still throw in from time to time now to keep mm-hmm. it fresh. So, yeah, I think it's really good. I think if we ever do an evolution episode is replacing uh, <laughs> not, there's no bad version of black or rearview mirror as the, yeah. the quote on this show. Uh, I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing beats MFC knowing, but <laughs> that, those are up there. Of course, after even flow, Ed has to pause, address McCready says abusing his guitar night after night, <laughs> Mike McCready. And then uh, calls says, we can't just call him Matt. We have to call him a sir or, or mister. And he is a master. That's Matt, Matt Cameron on the drums. And all of us in this room should feel very fortunate tonight and glad we can share it. And that's a good transition. I think he, he, he knew give, give Matt the props and get into a Matt Cameron song with you are, and that's going to be sandwich here. You are unemployable Jeremy all packaged together and really like the version of you are here. I think this was kind of the highlight of the section. Uh, Mike and Mike and Jeff are just jamming together, which was fun to watch. I don't have much to say about unemployable. It's not really a song we talk about, but again, I think it's like a tier below the suicide level. Uh, but it's, it's fine. It, it's, it's okay. It, it gets overlooked for a reason, but it's, because it just doesn't hit the right the right stroke as a live song and then, and then then you get Jeremy and then you're back to getting a couple getting a hit after you know getting a couple of the deeper cuts out of the way Jeremy kind of brings the crowd back into it so this is this is nice packaged together and the next part I, I especially love after this the way that's packaged yeah this is uh, this is a, a point that uh, I really wanted to get into with you guys because this is so interesting to me um, you are unemployable, Jeremy, and then and then the two, the two or three after that. So it's fucking awesome. Uh, I think it's so good. First of all, you are sounds great. Uh, everything about it, the effects, the music of it is dead on. Um, Randy, I, I can kind of agree with you with unemployable, but I also kind of disagree. It's 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 catchy, um, but it, it's it's weird. It's like an it's an interesting turn here because. Um, it's kind of like one of those where does it go type songs, and I, I think this is the right spot for it. Um, but it probably also, isn't any other spot. It has to be right. like middle after you know, and you have to follow it up with something that the crowd's going to react to. Right, and but what's really strange here is you get a cool down before even flow, which is pretty typical. But this is like, see, unemployable to me is not really like it's not like a rocker, right? Jeremy, depending on who you are, it's a transitional song, right? And for me, Jeremy's not really a rocker. The next three are not rockers. This is almost like another mini cooldown. It's there's nothing that's like show stopping really in in this section. Not that they're not good because they're great. I don't know. I think Jeremy is kind of show stopping. It's a great performance, but you know, the crowd crowd gets a moment. In oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crowd's loving they're, it. Especially at the end, it feels like Matt kicks into like a third gear at the end, and it moves faster as as, as the song goes on. You can oh, yeah. hear, you can audibly hear the drums oh, yeah. push the pace yeah, on, it, and it's very good. It speeds up, but um, after Unemployable and You Are, and then what comes next, the three songs after it, I, I think it's strange. You know, this isn't, it's not like a, it's not being followed up by like Rearview Mirror and, and uh, well, go let's, like let's put it this way. Let's put it th- this way. Let's look at where they are and look at Hawaii being, you know, more of a, a relaxing kind of place, a positive attitude. A lot sure. of these songs are very positive. Oh, no, no. I, I, I love it. I just think it's curious that they're uh, they're really pacing their, uh, themselves here. They're like kind of taking their time almost, you know. 
I, I, I just thought this whole post, uh, post even flow grouping was strange and very interesting. Well, the thing that interests me comes up next, and that's utilizing wasted reprise in front of a song that's not life wasted, better man or porch. Because I don't think maybe one time I saw it in front of Man of the Hour. I don't think I've ever seen it in front of anything else besides those. So you get reprise, and there's no, like, outside of just Ed thanking the crowd for singing along uh, on Jeremy, there's no... He doesn't take this moment to make it a platform like he's done in the past. And you think, like, the Hartford 2013 show where he spent that whole entire time talking about the the Newtown victims. Uh, That doesn't happen. It's just, like... I face it a life waste and I'm never going back again. Let's go right into elderly woman like that. That was a little surprising and I kind of liked it because it was different. And you know, the thing I really liked about elderly woman, I don't know if you were able to hear, but the crowd does this little clapping section and it's like a two clap, like off, off beat almost. And it sounds really good. It kind of dies off a little bit. It's only in the first verse, but man, that could have become something. Like that could have become something more powerful if more people caught on to it. I wish I'd seen the place But no one's ever taken me Yeah, I thought I thought I heard something like that too. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Uh, I don't really I don't really remember it though, but I remember it being there. Um, I'm gonna have to re-listen to that because you might be on to something there, but um, I'm almost uh, I'm almost a little upset that he did a little a little talking in between Jeremy and and um, wasted because I think Jeremy into wasted into elderly seamlessly would have been awesome because there's problem there's problem look they, they got to switch to to acoustic there well there's a change that they they gotta make I think you got plenty of time you know Jeff Jeff, Jeff, just, Jeff, right, Jeff gives you about brutal. 30 seconds after uh, on Jeremy, you know. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm trying to think about how that bass outro would, would you know, work with Into Wasted Reprise. That could be interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, and it was like literally like two seconds uh, of a break, and then they went into, I, I you know, I, I thought it was great. I, I loved I loved all of it. All right, well, it's, uh, so this is pretty important coming up here. Uh, Ed, this, is a, this, is, this feels like a very special moment for not just the crowd but the but the band like you can tell that ed is very serious about this and he wants to do something just special for the location that they're in and and you can tell it, it's special to him uh you can see boom during this and it, it feels like it's special to boom as well the song is called hawaii 78 and this became a christmas single i believe in 2007 so uh you know this this got circulated around hawaii 78 is a song written by izzy k we'll just say izzy k here yeah i think, I think and, that's what they call uh, and it's definitely a, a staple of their their home state and if you don't know who izzy is you've heard his version of somewhere over the rainbow before and how incredible that is and like you can't 
like not cry when you hear that song like it's a beautiful rendition yeah it's that uh, it's that and what a wonderful world i think right it's like the medley mm -hmm. yeah it's it's yeah it's a classic go seek out the story about how that that was written because it's just fantastic and the story about how this song was written is fantastic as well and uh this goes back to what we were saying before ed approached the guy at the bar and uh decided hey you know can we play this and this is this is a song that's like you know how every area kind of has their song like you know if you went up to somebody in new york and said let's play piano man like okay that's that's kind of a new york song uh, I don't know what it would be for Atlanta. Probably like well, yeah, got, shiny happy. We got New York State of Mind. We've got Georgia on my mind. We yeah. got it's your sweet home Alabama. You know, you've got these, you my these different places have this song. I, so. I heard it, Randy. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> For the gods, cry for the people, cry for the land that was taken away, and in it you'll find this like this was a really powerful moment and before going into this i really knew next to nothing about the song outside of maybe one or two times that i i, I listened to it just for because I, I it was something different but uh this is this is really this is this is pretty special here i i think it sounds great um i just don't think i would put it um as a first set song uh but logistically it makes sense because Eddie and Stone. Eddie has had his guitar out for a few songs. Stone has had his acoustic out for a few songs and needs it for the next song. So I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Not. I don't. I don't know if I. I, I might have started off the uh, the uh, first encore with it, maybe. But I'm not going to really complain about it because it's it sounds really good. Yeah. He just comes on and says, "Oh, you know, this is a bit of a prayer." And I think. With the spacing, I think they're trying to space out the boom moments and give him some, some love throughout the show. You know, and I do not want to push that all together. Give, you know, make it throughout the whole thing. So yeah, really, really good. Liked it. Highlight. Like a good transition into Better Man as well because you kind of play Great off that transition. and boom can kind of come in. Yep. And uh, look, this I, I feel like Better Man is definitely a highlight from this show because Ed lets the crowd take the first chorus and he's so impressed by it that he remarks, "This is like a church." And just, Matt, I, I know that you love versions of this song that don't have the Save It For Later tag, right. that just keep going and they kind of start feeling something and, and they just kind of, you know, they play it towards the moment. And this was exactly that. This was really tight. 
it build and build and build to that extra level of intensity and just sounded perfect and it, it was it was a great showstopper to get you into one more song before finishing yeah 100 percent um did you notice the na na na's in better man <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, he, do, he, he does them in Better Man. You go back and listen. Uh, so we got him in the show just in a different song. Um, <laughs> There's something about seeing um, Jeff Stone and Mike all on Mike's side during a Better Man, uh, during the, the end, after the, the last course. It's, uh, you could... You could um, you could feel like that enthusiasm on stage. It's, it, you know, they'll they'll do it here and there. I know Stone and Jeff will get together, or you know, uh, felt like they did it a lot on this night. They did, it they really they did. did. But but this Better Man was a perfect example of where they're um, the three of them are together, and um, Stone gets so into it. He did what what he did. Uh, I believe it was Benway Night Two in 2018. Uh, he forgets that he has to sing. You can't find a Better Man at at the end of it. And has to run over to Jeff's mic and and you know <laughs> look up into the sky and sing it on there. So I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, you could barely hear Stone. And I I look close and it's because Stone did what he did uh, at Benway and wasn't paying attention. Mr. Q had to go to Jeff's mic. I like stuff like that because uh, you know he's he's jamming on the acoustic. They're all together. You, you get lost in the <laughs> get moment. Get lost in the moment. Um, you know you've been playing. <laughs> probably played the song more than any song ever, but. Uh, that says something that that means you're 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 really in it at at the time um and uh yeah uh give me uh give me a mic solo uh at the end of better man over a tag uh every day of the week and twice on sunday I, i'll take that the mood of the show is so lighthearted and so fun it just seems better man's a song where they you can tell that they just love playing it like you mentioned exactly you get those moments when they the three of them kind of get together the two of them get together they're, they're you can just see the joy like they're just having fun and you know this is the end of the tour they made it through they know they're gonna have time off they're gonna get to hang out in hawaii for a week before they have to play again the mood of this show is just great and i think it, i was gonna mention it at the end but if you go back to the pj20 book ed even mentions about this show he's oh yeah that was one of the better ones like he remembers this as a as being a really good show so the, the mood's the mood's great. It's lighthearted. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's no there's no angst. There's no tense moments in the show. It's just really fun, and that that really shows in the video and the bootleg. It comes off sounding really good. Yeah, hundred percent. We're closing off with porch here. Ed picks up, drops the guitar for the for the bluesy intro. Bridge gets really jammy. Love what Matt's doing here. He's kind of building back into the song where Ed sings along back and forth with the crowd and kind of leads to a very explosive ending. Jeff is spinning around in circles and Stone is jamming with Matt. A very good set ender here uh, and really kind of feeding off the momentum that Better Man brought to this. And I, I think that in the encore, they'll they'll continue to play off it. The the one thing that I had about this because it was it was pretty like um, it was a pretty straightforward porch you know um, really I mean you know I mean for live standards for a set closer you know it's it's off the walls it's fantastic but um, what I really liked was uh, uh, when the solo comes in and Mike comes in with the solo at this point he's like ready to solo and he doesn't hold a few measures and let it build up he comes right in with the solo like immediately. And it's 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 so good. He was like, "No, I'm 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 loose. I'm ready to play this." 
yeah, the, the, the call and response is really good. Again, you, you're involving the crowd, you know, kind of building off the momentum you got from Hawaii 78 and Better Man, and it just builds up to a really nice finish here. Yeah. All right, we did it. We got to the first encore, so let's uh, pause for station identification and talk a little bit about what we're doing on Patreon. So uh, we in uh, probably by the time that you listen to this show, we would have recorded two brand new things, maybe even three brand new things for Patreon, uh, including a full show from 1991. We've been promising that we were going to do a couple of those, and... We've been promising this evolution baby on present tense. That one I was very excited to to start working and doing the research for. Great, great song, obviously, and it's kind of had this boost in 2020 that more people outside of the Pearl Jam universe have paid attention to it. So it, it's a good time to get it in and uh, and really kind of dig into why this song is so important in their catalog. And I think we're going to get into a lot of discussions on just where it stands and, and how important it really is when, when it does come up in setlist. So that stuff is going to yeah, be we, on patreon we, we got a lot of really good suggestions from listeners too you, you know you put that Absolutely. out the other day looking for we got a lot of really good ones yeah that we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to talk about on that one Absolutely. John, tell people how they can sign up to patreon and uh, what they can get for for doing so. Yeah, Patreon's a way to support the show. You can go to patreon.com slash live on four legs. That's the number four. Or you can uh, download the Patreon app and search for live on four legs that way. Uh, we have uh, three different tiers. If you'd like to support the show by giving $1 a month, you get access to all the bonus content we do, like these Evolution episodes, the Bridge School series that we're doing. We're going to have another one of those coming out this month. Uh, the Setlist drafts, the Devo episodes that we've been doing, all the bonus content. All that extra audio is there for you. If you donate $5 a month, that's the Gigaleg tier. Uh, you'll get a chance to suggest a show for us to cover. Maybe there's an underappreciated show that you went to and you really like for us to talk about it. Or there's a classic show that we haven't talked about that you'd like to hear. Uh, that that tier is for you. You get to come on the show and talk about it. And then we have the Horizon tier for $10 a month. Those are the people that are helping out supporting the, the Concertpedia website project that we're working on, kind of continuing on the, the legacy from Two Feet Thick and Five Horizons. And, you know, you'll get your own profile episode. We've had we've done a few of those. They've all been really good. We had the one with Deb a couple of weeks ago that was excellent if people haven't checked that out. And, you know, you'll get credit for being kind of an executive producer on the website. So all that's there for you, patreon.com slash live on four legs or on the Patreon app. And I think we have a couple of new patrons this week. We sure do. Let's thank him. Let's thank Michael Fisher for joining up. Thank you, Michael. And uh, I'm going to pronounce this correctly. I'm going to try with all my hockey knowledge. And I know that this is a Finnish name because I recognize the first name. Yussi Urshio. I believe that's how you say it. If I'm I wrong, yeah. If I'm wrong, decapitate me and and you know throw me in the river. But I think I got it because there's a couple there's a couple hockey players that I know that has to have that first name. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard the last name before, but I know that pronunciation and I think I got it. Whatever it is, we thank you guys. That's awesome. We are now Absolutely. at thank you guys 87 so patrons. We're at 87 patrons, and uh, that gets us that much closer to the party that I've been promising. That's 13 people. So if you 
want to be one of those 13 and then join the party with us and we're going to be doing some fun things matt i'm sure the the band will be invited back for for brand new songs and, and i guess I could, I, could, I, could, I could probably i could convince them I, they had fun man it seemed like everybody your whole crew crew had some fun my, that my guitar player got good and drunk <laughs> I, I did too <laughs> So, hey, look, this is that's what it's all about. We, uh, you know, we take pride in sort of bringing the community together. And obviously during this time period where, you know, it seems like there is a light at the end of the tunnel here and we're kind of getting some sense of normalcy in the future. But, you know, still not there yet. Still have to uh, take necessary precautions. But we're you know, we want to celebrate and kind of appreciate you guys as much as possible. And if throwing a party is the way to do it shit we're gonna do that so thank you guys once again and uh yeah let's let's head back into the rock here inside job opens up encore one and this is a throwback to a couple weeks ago where we did the columbia show right away no talking they come right back on stage and all you hear that you hear that kind of riff that intro that kind of haunting uh, melody that comes in and then you know everybody kind of gets their section i think we talked about that at the last show where everybody individually has their pieces in this song that kind of gradually come in and uh just incredible like I, I don't think there's a bad version of inside job this this was fantastic yeah both of these were great uh i liked that they came right in um i liked that it was a full band inside job really felt like it could have like come out of porch seamlessly if there was no break there like if they if they hadn't taken the encore break and gone off stage if it was like porch in the inside job i'm i I, there's a groove that they got going on it's there's some weird weird placements weird things here but i did like you know i was watching it on youtube and porch ended and i just did like the quick scan to when they started uh inside job and i'm like yeah that sounds that works that sounds great i'll even say that you know, you know, we, we get the little acoustic set now, where you get you got to give the band a break, and Ed's going to come out and play a solo, a couple of songs. But this might be my favorite way to open an encore one with Inside Job. I love this. Just rip into it, and then afterwards, you you can address the crowd right after. You kind of yeah. have to bring them back with a little bit of energy and such positivity that radiates from that song. Like it's it's perfect. To get you back into it after like better man and porch those two songs back to back they're gonna wipe you out like especially that crowd that is there for the hits there for the big songs come back inside job that that's one that if, if you're not paying attention it could sneak up on you and be like oh shit that was amazing and uh that's exactly what it does right here and this allows ed to kind of go on a little bit of a ramble uh drunken ramble so to speak and he, uh, he doesn't remember what secret spot he wrote it in, but uh, he wrote it while eating a veggie burger. I believe he's talking about Mike uh, writing the Inside Job. And is something about eating a veggie burger on Duke's Outrigger in Waikiki and makes a, makes a joke about that. And uh, then proceeds to make, as, as he's trying to explain that Man of the Hour was written for Tim Burton film, he was trying to explain that he mentions he says David Wells and he's trying to explain who David Wells is and that David Wells was not the person that he was supposed to be talking about. So this this kind of 
this went on. This went on for a little bit. And you can hear he's like, oh, David Wells was on the Red Sox. He was on the Padres. He was on the Yankees. Um, my, Mike has to come over and tell him that's not his name. Right, right. It's Mike Wells, right. <laughs> uh, so, and, and you do hear some uh, members of the crowd, uh, probably probably your Canadian fans there. I wonder if one of them was, was Jason. Uh, I know he was at the show from All Encompassing Trip. I know he was there and maybe he was doing the Blue Jay chants like people wanted him to mention Blue Jays and it didn't come up. But uh, yeah, so that transitions, all of that transitions you into Man of the Hour. And uh, it's an electric performance. There's no acoustic on this, which I, I feel like the last handful of times and you know with bridge school shows and other things that we we've seen this on we've done a lot of acoustic versions and and the electric version kind of hits you a little bit better it kind of has a positive edge to it and really coming off of inside job they're again playing off that momentum yeah way better i like this way better than the uh, recording I, I for me it's a live song and it's it's uh, paired well it's a great it's a great little uh, encore one uh kickoff moment here big fan and yeah, that's that's such a good moment. Like, I'll go back to Inside Job too. These this little one-two thing where it it could still be such a cool, iconic moment for for them to start off an encore with Inside Job, and then you can come in and have like the the kind of softer moment, the your man of the hours, your footsteps, your just breathe, things like that. I would love to the to for them to still pull this out these, in, on this next tour. I'm I'm actually I'm really feeling that idea too, especially with the song like inside job uh maybe a song like retrograde could possibly mm-hmm. do that like there there's a lot of ways to go absolutely i'm 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 here for this i would take and, those two uh, back to back too actually why the hell, why the hell not? for sure <laughs> i want to hear everything at this <laughs> yeah. point but uh all right contentious song obviously with matt being on the show this this song is going to be contentious but I don't know. This has been a while since we've talked about this kind of version of Last Kiss. I know that at MSG 2008, the show that we went to, this alt, I, I don't know if I'd call it an alternate version, but I call this the Cabana version of Last Kiss, where, like, it sounds like they're playing at a beach club somewhere, and, like, you know, almost like a cover band is doing Last Kiss. Yeah, I, well... Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. And um, listen, it's it's last kiss. Uh, I thought they played it well here, but yeah, you're right. It's kind of like what's uh, like a tiki, like they're a tiki yeah, bar. It's, it's, like it's a, got a vibe. A daytime entertainment. On, yeah, you know, a vacation Wednesday afternoon. It's got a bit of a swing to it. Uh, maybe that's what makes it sound a little better. I thought I thought Eddie sang the shit out of it. I thought it was. Quite a good performance for uh, uh, whatever kind of a throwaway song here, but yeah, I, th- I think I think everything they were doing with it kind of made it a little uh, a little better, a little bit more listenable, you know. Yeah, and again, it, it fits the tone of the show. It's fun, it's bouncy. They're in a great mood. The, the crowd's eating it up. So yeah, why not? All right, let's uh, look. You get one song that you hate, Matt, and then you get one song that you love back to back, and and this right here. Like, give Boom his moment. Oh, give yeah. Boom his moment we, to we, shine. We knew this was coming. Absolutely. Crazy Mary, you have to play. If you're going to do a show in Hawaii and do a Boom tribute show, basically, Crazy Mary's the one. And uh, I love the I, small change to the lyric, but underneath this roof congregated quite a crowd. 
and uh, you know, just just little little bits and pieces that kind of change sometimes is uh, is a nice little refresher. But let's duel on this. I, I and I hate to say this because like this was a wonderful wonderful duel, but uh, I, I can't. The hometown boy. Oh come on! Is amazing in this, but come Mike on, was come on. fucking killer. Mike was just so good in this. Boom. <laughs> I know. Well, boom I know, and it is a boom wins. appreciation show. I, that's the first time you've ever for said the, that. For the only time, I think boom wins. I'll give him this one. He is he it just because they're in Hawaii? He was feeling it. He was. Everybody's around him. Gather around the organ, yes. like we talked about before. You get these moments where everybody's around. Yeah, I love this. I, I give this one to Boom, TKO. It's boom on Crazy Mary, so right. Mike is least at least he's had like nine other moments to and, shine and, at this and show. And not only that, but he's gonna have he'll have like he'll have like six more probably. Um, right. Yeah. I, I just I lit up when when Mike like when Mike rips into I think that last little solo he did. I just lit up. And like, Whoa, yeah. And, and of course, I'm 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 not great. saying Mike uh, didn't do a great job. It's just uh, uh, and John, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, they they crowd around him. Uh, which also made me remember, I think this was the song also where Boom's bass when he's soloing is like, it's almost like he can't, he can't like contain it or like he's, he's having a moment. It, it, for he's, yeah. he's like seizing almost. It was, it, it's just yeah. with how, with, with what he's doing and watching him with his eyes closed and like, he's just going redder and redder and redder and he's not stopping, he's speeding up, speeding up. And you know you see Stone and Jeff kind of doing like their bop around the um, around this uh, around his stand. It, it's it's what that's what the song is is made for right there. And and the and the crowd takes the L O I T R I N G. They take that yes. Mary rising up above it all. This is a, this is one of the best crazy Marys. I love yeah, it. it's a really it's good great. One. Yeah. Um. I, all right. So I I was wrong, and I will take defeat on that. And I. I just really liked what Mike did, but yes, you're you're right. I think Boom does have to win this because this is Boom Appreciation Night, and I fucked That's it right. up. Uh, <laughs> I made the statement that I fucked no, it I up. No, I mean, you know, Mike, uh, Mike was fantastic. It's just like, right, you, you gotta. <laughs> every time, every so, time. Mike was trying to keep up. I, I think he was surprised by Boom. He, I think that you mentioned that last little solo he does. He's like, okay, I gotta, st- I gotta step up a little bit. 
Right, right, yeah. And uh, this all kind of, and Matt, what you were saying before just about how, you know, Boom is kind of feeling the moment. In my in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, and this all makes sense the way that Ed is about to, to uh, explain everything, but he's just he's just an island kid. You know, he's he's a he's a kid from the islands, yeah. and I think they mentioned one of the MSG shows that I went to. It like Boom walked around New York City, and he's just all he was doing was just looking mm-hmm. up at the buildings, like like still amazed. And you know, I'm sure he sees himself as that. And uh, this and this this is just a touching moment right here, yeah. and probably one of my favorite moments from the show. Uh, Ed. Mentions uh, Boom and says he knows some well, really well, good people. We got to own them because first Stone starts to play black. He does start to play And then black. Ed runs over and goes, no, 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 no. We got we to gotta let Boom talk. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Stone got ahead of himself a little bit, but you're right. Uh, so he says, know some really good people, some tremendous young people called the Hui Malalama Okikai. I, I I came really close. If, if I didn't, but I don't think I butchered that. Well done. And it's an after-school program that Boom assisted on, and I think uh, you know uh, they assisted with the the ticket money for that night. And there were a lot of kids that were involved that went. And uh, Ed kind of looks over to their section, tells them anything is possible. And then, for the first time, and maybe the last time that I can remember, we hear the big man talk. Boom, Gasper, right here. How's it? Thank you for all of you for coming. I give you some money to the kids, my kids from my hometown. Thank you so much. I love Hawaii. I always will. Aloha. It's so special for him to get that because, again, like I was saying before, you get some promotional posters of Pearl Jam, and he's not even on the picture. And I always think he deserves to be, but. It, it's great. I don't know if any other band would do that for their sixth member like that. They're appreciative. You know, he brings a lot to the table, even though you might not see him as much uh, or as, or as much as you might want to. Uh, I don't, I don't think you realize just, just what he has done for, for songs and, uh, you know, and albums and how different some, some of this stuff could be like we were talking about before. So yeah, give, give him, give him what he's due. And, you know, and if, and if he wants it, He'll take it, and if he wants to lay back, he'll he'll lay back. You know, he's he's getting so humble. About exactly, it. he's like, hey, you know, whatever. And we've been doing the Seattle series, and those are so much fun because it's a hometown show, and it's always special when we when we talk about like a Missoula show, and you know that Jeff is going to have a moment. You do like mm-hmm. a Chicago or a San Diego show, and you know that Ed's going to mm-hmm. have a moment. This is just like that. You know, it, it, they're they're Absolutely. giving Boom a moment, and it's just it's just elevating the show. They're they're just. It just brings everything up to, like, we mentioned the tone of the show. I'm going to go back to it over and over again. They're just having so much fun. It's the end of the tour. They're, they're all so excited to give Boom a moment, and it's, it's just it's great. Wonderful. Absolutely. And that all cultivates in such a great version of Black, not like there's ever really a bad version of Black, especially when when you get into the later editions of the song. This just like I, I've been saying it for the last couple of 90s shows that we've been doing that Black just kind of 
has this part where it just ends and you get a little solo you maybe you get a we belong together for for a line or two but this is around the point maybe it was even earlier than this maybe it was in 03 that that extension comes in and you get more of it and you get mike kind of playing around after the solo and you get kind of ed doing a little bit more with the we belong together and it just has this nice and smooth finish to it not to i can't i can't not mention this but holding out the b for so long and i fucking hope you'll be a star like this is yeah they're playing to some really great energy here this was fantastic yeah uh i'm not a huge black man but i i thought this was great too uh i'm sorry what no oh yeah you didn't know that no it's it's okay uh, that's like that's like the time you told me that you didn't really like Long Road, and I, I almost quit I the show. Don't, I still don't like Long Road, but I, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just assumed that Long Road is pretty much beloved by everybody. No, not a Long Road guy. But um, of course, of course, you have your freaking weird taste. Um, yeah, but uh, this is good. I'll, I'll say when they perform it well, they definitely performed it well. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I didn't really think that this was like necessarily a like a moment maker um, because there, you know, there's so many of them to compare to that are are just like you know absolute showstoppers. Uh, th- this one had the elements of of making it a a great moment, um, but I'm not I'm not sure if it, if it was like you know in the upper. Uh, you know, upper class of blacks, but um, it it sounded it sounded really good. I mean, they were they were dead on with it. Crowd was into it. Um, yeah, it was it was a great performance. Yeah, just just like with Better Men and Porch, they're you know, they're kind of riding that high off Hawaii '78. I think they're the whole band was kind of riding the high off of Crazy Mary and you know that moment. So yeah, kind of a really good kind of elevated performance. And yeah, you know, it, it might not be up there with kind of the angsty like soul searching like you know mike's not going over to his amp as like you know grinding the guitar on it and causing mm-hmm. all the feedback and it's not a 10 minute version but still a really good moment and you know when is black never great never so yeah this yeah is, this it's is just it, it just kind of suffers from having to follow crazy mary and and that being such a big moment for boom and a big moment in the show but yeah black and alive right here like you're you're, you're getting the crowd right back into it absolutely yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed mentions here he does talk a lot at this show, and it's kind of, I feel like when he does this near the end of the tour, it's just his last chance to to make a connection. And they're going to play in a week. They're going to open up for you 2 and I think it, they played like 17 songs or something like that, but I don't, I don't know how much they actually connect at that show, but it's not anywhere close to, to as much as this and uh you know he he stops to address the audience before going into a live and mentions the uh the many active military members that are in the crowd 438 i believe was the number and then ed does a we're not worthy bow and uh mentions we've been critical of the whole thing but we were never critical of the people whose pledge was taken a lot of what we were concerned with was with you in mind and uh that was a good good take to get you into into a live um just yeah great 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 version of a live here and uh i noticed that there's kind of like this 10 era style delay effect on mike's guitar i don't know if you guys noticed that but that kind of that kind of perked out to me. Uh, I I really wasn't paying attention to Mike only because uh, I I was I was afraid 
you know, is following Black, and I, I thought, you know, are, are these going to be two performances where it's just kind of like they're good, but it's a little bit par for the course. You know, it's the last show. It's a it's a last show of the tour type of set. Um, and do they have to just get these in there? Um, and then uh, Boom is letting loose at the end of it. And I'm like, yes. oh yeah. my God. Boom, like shredding at the end of a live is everything I didn't know that I needed. It <laughs> uh, was just unbelievable. I loved it. And you got to think 2006 too is the year that the curse was broken. So this is the year that a live mm-hmm. kind of became fun. And it kind of became that you know party bread and butter song where yeah. you know you're you're going around you're interacting with the crowd and he's going off and doing everything so, yeah this is this is great it, it like i said just fits in with the tone just a fun version you could tell they were having fun playing it i liked jeff's Thanks. like baggy like capri pants they look they looked like I, I was like right. i was like i gotta get a pair of those man i was like those look so comfortable to play in for surfing those are surfing pants <laughs> Surf, right. my surfing pants yeah <laughs> i think uh it's it's interesting alive is here to end the first encore because there is a song that you don't ever get that's in the alive spot when we're heading into the encore two just now but keep hold on to that thought because we'll get there in just a second uh as they come out for the second encore ed comes out with a uke says we're on the home stretch and you might hear it one more time after this but we thank you very much for all the support emotions to ricky ramon that he left his comp- composition book backstage and and that's his chance to thank ricky and the rest of the crew for helping them uh day in day out for a rigorous rigorous tour and uh yeah like they're they're all Always so appreciative of what their their crew, aka their family, has done for them, and uh, just a good moment and good tribute to all of them. It says we won't play these songs for a while, so still so stay happy until we see you again. I'm gonna attempt to play a ukulele song that I've never played before, and we get a song that ended up on Ed's ukulele song record. You're true. Lonely cliffs and waterfalls If no one sees me, I'm not here at all You could be the one to liberate me From the sun, so please Give the moon to me I'd be indebted into ya Walk the dog in fear into ya If you say the word I'm yours I'm sure Oh, nothing ever goes my So this is an OTOTO for Pearl Jam shows, Pearl Jam Wise. Uh, it's the only time he would play this ukulele track, and if they're gonna bust out something ukulele, maybe uh, he'd bust out for Sleeping By Myself, because you can involve everybody. Uh, I think they've done Rise once or twice, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, maybe they've done Can't Keep on Ukulele as a full band. Hmm. Maybe it has come out in an encore. Yeah. But, uh... He definitely did your true. He did it, you know, March 15, 2002 okay. at uh, All Tomorrow's Parties. So, yeah. So, yeah, this album, you know, the, the ukulele album wouldn't come out for another 
four or five years at this point. Um, just feelings on the album, guys. Like, I, it's not it's not my favorite thing. I think I, I think Ed is a great songwriter, but uh, I've never, outside of a couple renditions of his songs, I've never really gotten into it. Yeah, this has this has nothing to do with with Eddie or or um, you know him doing his little solo things on stage. I fucking hate the ukulele. All right, I'm just gonna say it. I, I just I I don't like the ukulele. Okay. And um, just the sound of the instrument. Yeah, I just never, I never liked it. Um, and this, this coming up in the set, uh, it, it's kind of you know they're in Hawaii. Like, let me do a uke song. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun, and it, it, or it could have been kind of fun. You know, I, I, I thought the relation to Hawaii—that's that's right on point. Right, Uke right. Lily and Hawaii are in. Um, the only problem with this is I thought, um, I thought the time for this had come and gone uh i didn't like it in in this spot and i thought it was pitchy just not a great performance so you know it, maybe he just was just kind of going out there to fuck around which i do appreciate that's kind of fun um and that's fun for the crowd too um but randy you know i, I was just i was never into these like uh you know kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for like souvenir moments almost where it's you know souvenir yeah moments. it's it's like it's not like you're uh, it's one. not like you're um you're hunting or collecting these things. It's like, you know, I can I return? Can I return you're, this? You're <laughs> getting an unreleased song. Yeah, I mean, these it, people don't know that there's going to be a, a solo ukulele record in five years. Yeah, but but it, actually, it's, but it, I actually think it's cool. Like some of those songs he did back in 2002, like you know, Goodbyes, Satellite, Broken Heart. He was doing this one, Longing to Belong. It would have been cool if some of those songs had been able to have been worked in on Riot Act in some sort of fashion. Like I think the the back half of Riot Act could have been made better with with a, one or two of those songs. I think it would have been interesting if they had been able to work it into into a Pearl Jam record. Hmm. You know, I, I I love this. You know, give me an unreleased song any day, anytime. Uh, all right. So Jeff has a birthday cake in hand and says it's for Matt Cameron, whose birthday I believe was on the 30th or the 28th. I can't remember when his birthday was. It's definitely at the end of November. And, uh, and mentions, Oh, it's his birthday. And all he got was his haircut. So <laughs> they sing happy birthday. And, you know, does the Michael Scott embellishment of the happy birthday. They blow out the candles and a little cake smushy, uh, in the face. And then, Ed chucks the entire cake into the crowd. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that was um, that was a Someone lot. Someone got a surprise at the show. One specific person. So, according to Ed, the cake landed on one girl, just mm-hmm. just her. And <laughs> the, what happens in this back and forth exchange is, is kind of tough. Like they're going back and I, I, I'm not sure there's just a lot, a lot of madness going on, but it feels like Ed lifts up his shirt at one point to show his nipples. I, I, I don't know why he did. Well, that. I think, I think it looked like people are going to throw cake back at him. Oh, like he had his mouth open. He was kind of making a target like, Hey, throw it back. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. But the, the girl was, was compensated. She went home with McCready's clothes. That's what Ed said. So that's pretty hilarious. A good moment for her. And uh, then we get into Smile, which, uh, speaking of birthdays, last week we celebrated a birthday for Jeff Ament. He turned 58, so it's appropriate that uh, we, we, we get this here. And, and it's funny because right before 
the birthday cake came out and was mentioning stone on base. So you kind of, you get sidetracked a little bit. And at first you're like, wait, wait did he just say stones on base? Like, and you kind of forget where they were going with that. But Hey, smiles here. Great appreciation. It's a great spot for it. Obviously it's right in the second encore. It gets you into why go another Jeff friendly song. Uh, Ed asking the question before, uh, would you, why would you like to go home? And uh, very like two Jeff songs right here. Very bass heavy on on why go. Everybody running around the stage just sh- soaking in the the moment on their go home show. Like two pretty cool moments here. Yeah, smile. Uh, now that's something I'll never have anything bad to say about. They could they could play that in a drunken stupor, and I would still be like, yeah, that's I'm and that's they, fine. They sometimes do, and yep. sometimes they do. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and super fitting for the night. Super fitting for the show. Um, and why go? This is where I like it. You know, I always said animal early. Why go late? And that's what they did here. And it's perfect. Back to why go. Give Mike some credit. You know, you mentioned Mike was going to have a bunch of moments and later in the show. He definitely has one here. A fantastic solo and why go. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really it's setting you up for kind of uh, kind of the big go home section. And, and this is interesting. I kind of teed this up before that there would be two avocado songs near the early part of the set two avocado songs in the late part of the set this to me feels like they're almost their goodbye to the record like let's put these songs in a spot where let's appreciate them let's kind of give them their their due more like their good riddance their retirement yeah whatever it is uh big way of life wasted um dedicated to the surfers I, I I enjoyed the performance a big wave. Like I thought that this was fun. Um, it, it had been a while since we had covered a version of this, so I I know that the last time that you were on the show, we specifically had you on to do this song, Mac, for obvious reasons. But you had said that you were kind of down on it because you didn't really enjoy the Heart for 2008 performance. But uh, where did this one? Uh, this one put me back up. Yeah, the, the the other performance I was not a huge fan of. Uh, that was more for fun. Perfect spot. Uh, it's a good quick rocker um, to kind of end the night with. Um, but Eddie's like already having trouble with it a little bit. You know, he's his screams are a little. They played it twenty times at that point. He can and not only. At the end of a night where he's been drinking a lot and a lot yeah. is well, just Randy going on. Randy, it, it, Randy. Randy. You know, I don't think he's worrying you, about perfect performances of Big Wave. I, I know yeah, that you have to very high you ha- on your mantle here, Randy. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, you gotta let me finish. We we all can't gush all the time. You have to let me. You have to let me explain here, um, because they're you know, you know they, they they do they do sometimes you know have some have some missteps. It is because it's at the very end. This this is in his upper register. Um, it's the best spot for it, but um, not both. Is it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, in a situation like this in Hawaii, where it's a dedication. To oh no, I'm sorry. Best spot for location-wise too. Oh, oh, it's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, but vocally, he's got to do it like number four to be able to sing it. You know, I, I don't think we're vocally. Ever I don't this think again. he gives I just a shit don't think, about big wave. I don't. I don't right. think. I don't think yeah. he could. I don't. I just don't think he could sing it anymore um, because. Um, you know he's you know the screams here are are not as good as some of the other screams that he's been doing for a long time and, hey, he's and got, uh, yeah he's I don't got life I'm wasted with some screams and rocking in the free world with some screams so he's you know 
yeah, the well, show. This is a long show. It's those, almost three you know, hours. I know, I know, but you know, songs are in different keys, and this is a much higher key, and he's not quite there. That's why I don't think we're ever going to see the song again, and I got to, um, I got to kind of live with that. Um, but the music and and almost him kind of not giving a shit about it and kind of cracking and not really getting there and running out of breath makes it good makes it fun it, it's just like take it for what it is it's it's a it's the avocado song that they never want to never want to talk about even though mike did say on that on that uh, ask me anything that he would love to do it again um we're not going to get it again um i think, I think the last time they did it was in ottawa in 2016, so you never know. Oh, I thought uh, it was yeah. especially if they go to Australia, big waves in Australia. Um, yeah. Oh well, uh, that's possible. Where are the but, waves uh, in Ottawa? My, <laughs> um, at the end of the video, though, for this song, I like how this is where Mike jumped down off the stage to solo, and I'm like, yeah, I think Mike loves this song, you know. Um, and then after he gets done soloing with it, and they and they go up into that outro, he just kind of like collapses and like lets his arms go kind of like all right you got me hawaii like that was his send-off you know i thought that was fantastic yeah i look i i i kind of i kind of enjoy the fact that the avocado songs get their you know their time in the spotlight they're basically in the bread and butter section here life wasted is taking the place of a live out of all things Mm -hmm. but life wasted is very weird because also like you get out of all the times that they had played the song on tour. Yeah. And, and misses the lyrics in this. And, you know, maybe it's just, again, in the mindset of, uh, fucking just wasted and just going off of energy and momentum and you just kind of forget it. But that's kind of like, fuck it, get into the bridge and just move along with it. I thought that was kind of funny, uh, <laughs> that he took over on that. But yeah, I, like, nice little change up the song was played 59 times that year probably all as like the number two or number three song maybe closing a set every now and again it's something different and they played it oh about like 60 more times since then 50 or 60 more times since then so you know it it pops back up but it's not gonna be earth shattering after this so and and you'll get it in an encore too once in a while yeah just like a comatose or something like that yeah yeah uh all right right here something to be said about every show playing like it's your last and since this is our last it feels like you've earned this one thanks the crowd again and invites kings leon a very young kings leon and it's kind of funny i think i mentioned a couple weeks ago that you know Sometimes things just fall into our lap and, and things that are current and relevant. Kings of Leon being the first band to ever release their album on non-fungible token. So they're you know in the news right now and it's just kind of funny to see where they were in 2006 and how young they were. And then, what, three or four years later they exploded and became kind of like a pop rock band uh, yeah. with, you know, the Sex on Fire and Use Somebody. Use like somebody. Those got popular big, really fast. So uh, they come on stage, and, and one of the guys has an acoustic guitar playing with it, and it's just, it kind of, in a way, reminded me of the Slater Kinney coming out to play Rockin' in the Free World, just a big party atmosphere feel. Just everybody knows that, like, this is, the, this is it. This is the end this is where we're ending it like let's just go out and have a ball let's have a blast with it 
you know, Stone is playing himself into a seizure and is doing like little like playing on the ground and and freaking and out. Young over there. Yeah, right. I think we talked about that with Mike last week, but that was 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is just you know Ed doing the introductions in the middle of the song and uh, then Stone getting his dirty, dirty solo at the end of this and uh, this party atmosphere can't complain about this at all it's part of the bread and butter and uh, we're gonna get into something real special in just a second but you're you guys agree or disagree yeah the bread and butter uh great way to end it um i think we got to talk about stone we haven't talked about stone since he got laid at the beginning of the episode (laughs) yeah first off ed tries to tee him up and says this is the part where stone we say to you stone we say to you, and he's trying to team up to start rocking the free world. Stone's off doing whatever, not paying attention. Right. So they have to bring out Kings of Leon or whatever. And then, yeah, he's, you mentioned the, the seizure. He's in the middle of the stage, just spinning around. It's just ridiculous. Like, like he's a three, he one of the three stooges. Oh my God, what's he doing? But then, you, and you mentioned the solo too, this... This solo by Stone and Rockin' in the Free World is one of the best. be a great lead guitarist of course he can absolutely so all right finishing out the show this is this is a pretty important moment this is the power to you know where they were and uh, you know and ending the tour and doing something a little bit different and sort of doing it off the cuff too so yellow lead better of course it's going to end your night you need the arena anthem you need the song that is just going to send everybody home happy but you get a little bit of the extra and that's where the story is so mentioned before this is going to be my tee up i mentioned before that there was a show at that sound check is out there where they sound checked little wing here mike starts playing the tag he plays a little bit of little wing and we get a little bit and it sounds first Okay, it sounds like he's going to tag, but then, you know, I think there's another video of this where Ed kind of starts to go over to everybody and says, Let, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's play it. Let's come in on, on, uh, on the verse. And you hear Matt kind yeah, of warm let's up. Break, let's break it down. Okay. Yeah. So I think it starts with Mike and you see him kind of give, he's trying to give Matt a nod like, hey, come in. Let's, 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 let's start it. Let's start it. And I think Ed saw that and then went over to Jeff because you see Jeff come back. And, uh, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right. I think Ed saw Mike nod to Matt, even though Matt didn't see it, because he's kind of the last one who comes in and kicks in. Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's an interesting, like, breakdown of 
Because, yeah, this is just improv. Like, the, the, this wasn't planned. They weren't going to do Little Wing. Nope. So it's really cool how that how this all comes together. And it starts with that little head nod. You know, I, I give all the credit to Mike. He kind of realized that that, that, that was going to be a moment. And, yeah, it's great. moment because they don't do Little Wing a whole hell of a lot. They've, all, they've done it 30 times and, and they're considering it a tag here on Live Footsteps. I'm going to have to talk to our guy Dave. I think this is the third week in a row where you know we got to have a little discussion and make make some changes yeah, guys, here. But this you is... Have been, I, you guys have been running them, running them through the rails the last couple episodes. So. <laughs> There's always something that comes up. He comes back. He goes back to yellow at better backwards. But it's basically yeah. the full Little Wing. That's what I'm so trying to so say. So would, would it be a medley then? Mm, I don't think they have medley distinctions it's, on live it's footsteps. It's definitely more than a snippet though, right? It's more, it's than, more a than a snippet? snippet. Yeah. <laughs> a snippet isn't even, like there's, like a, there's a, the snippet is like the, sh- like the real short tag. That's, yeah. you know. I think the snippet is instrumental. The tag is with vocals, okay. right? Yes. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I'm on board with that. Yeah. But whatever this was, this it's is classic. It's fantastic. <laughs> It's the last night of the tour, so you're getting something different. It's sporadic, and I mean, Ed's belting out the lyrics with a cigarette in his hand while the band is jamming. Like, fucking a, like that's great. Just the visual of this is, is fantastic, and you know, Hawaii has not been a spot where they've returned to since. And I think this is the one from this show that a lot of people just go back to, and they're like, hey, you want to see something cool? Let's listen to Ledbetter. Let's listen to how Mike kind of gets into this and how this sort of off the cuff becomes a thing. And uh, yeah, sounds fantastic. It's a great way to finish the show. You're right. They do reprise uh, with with Ledbetter. Mike goes up to the edge of the stage, sits on the edge, finishes it out, and it feels like just the the perfect way to do that and the perfect way to just say goodbye to everybody. And uh, it's. It's great. Like we've done tour closers before that have been really special, and and I you can't say enough. This is this is absolutely up there. All right, so let's uh, let's get some th- three moments. Uh, I haven't even thought about this, but I, I guess I'll I'll find a way to go go first here. Uh, I'm gonna kind of go chalk for you know just being the hometown show and what this show meant to to boom and and the crowd i'm gonna go love boat captain 
and I'm gonna go. Um, I'm in between Hawaii, Hawaii 78 and, uh, Crazy Mary. I can go either way. Uh, I'm, I think I'm just going to say Hawaii 78 cause I'm never going to say that again. So I'm going to pick that. And, uh, yeah, the, the classic moment from this show is just what we just talked about. Ledbetter and Little Wing. That's, that's the one from this. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Little Wing is number three. Uh, Crazy Mary's number two and Hawaii 78's number one. Those are my three. Mm, I like that. Um, man, this is tough to put it in an order because uh, I got I gotta I gotta throw out Love Boat Captain for sure. That's that's making the list. Um, I'm gonna go Love Boat Captain. I'm gonna go Hawaii 78. And um, I would I would love to to pick like the. Uh, like the wasted elderly Hawaii like grouping is what I would like to do actually as my like three. Okay. I, I think, yeah, I liked that. I liked that a lot. I thought that was super interesting and super fun, especially after even flow. So, all right, I'm going to have to take love Bill captain off and I'm just doing that grouping. I like, I liked that. That was, that was nice. I liked it a lot. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, let's get into a rating of it. Uh, Matt, you can go first since we just heard your voice. Yeah, this was, this was, Really good, straightforward, great first set. Um, you know, really cool things happening with uh, placements and flow. And I think the whole thing had pretty good flow all around, not even with songs. I think the band was just loose. They were flowing as a band, you know. Um, but, you know, it's it, there's nothing that's, like, super, like, unbelievable when it comes to songs. So I'm, I'm going to go eight. I think this is a solid eight. Great performances. Um, but, yes, you know, it, it could it could read as, like, a... A last show type set where you're giving the people like really what everyone would want so um you know i don't want to be super picky because we're not getting like the rarest of the rares or this you know crazy unbelievable thing uh so yeah solid eight because everything they do is great all right uh i'll you know i'll bring this thing back uh i'm gonna give this a 10 you are God. okay hawaii hawaii 06 and the tour great moments for everyone in the band like so many great performances, you know. I don't love Worldwide Suicide. I don't love Big Wave, but they they can't they can't detract from this performance. It's it's an all timer. Yeah, I'm uh I'm gonna split the difference. I'm gonna call this a nine. Um, and like great show and definitely memorable show. Uh, why do I not put this out of ten? Because I don't think of it among the classics. Uh, like the the absolute top dogs. I don't think of it in the same stratosphere like i gave mexico city a 10 and i was just astounded by that show maybe people don't put that in that category but i do i don't know if i would put this like directly in the top 25 in the top 50 i think i think it's deserves to be in the conversation but um like we gave melbourne that's that's such a high ranking show melbourne 98 like i can't i can't put the two shows next to each other like they can be close. They can be neighbors, but I don't. I don't know if they're in the same. They're they're not in the same grouping to me. I think I was with you, but going back and reading in the PJ Twenty book, like I mentioned, Ed going back in and going back to say like, yeah, that was one of the better ones. So I think that kind of bumped it up for me. Okay, and that that's totally fair. You're getting it from the horse's mouth. So I, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, and there's no denying that you could tell that they felt really good about it. Yep. You, yeah. you the tell. whole night thanking the crowd and, and just positivity, 
positivity for throughout all of this. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's give a little sneak peek as to what we're doing next week. How about going back to 1994? We said earlier in the month that this was going to be a very 90-centric month, and uh, we're heading back to it. St. Petersburg, 1994, very popular show, great show, great bootleg, and uh, I believe we're going to have Gabe on. Gabe is one of our patrons, and I think we're going to have him on. He's going to do a profile episode as well, so excited for that. And uh, yeah, like like I mentioned before, you can find us on Patreon if you want to contribute to the show, patreon.com slash live on four legs. We'll have some stuff this week. We'll have a new episode on Toronto 1991 at some point. We'll have the present tense evolution episode. If not by the end of this week, then probably either before the next episode or right after and uh, just more stuff to come. And uh, thank you everybody for listening in. Thanks to Matt for coming back. Uh, It's always a treat to have you back. Oh wait, Uh, I forgot to hold on. I was wearing my big wave shirt under my sweatshirt the whole time. I forgot Uh, to take it off though. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I'm wearing my in my tree shirt, so we're matching. Oh, you have an you have an in my tree shirt. I do. I am very jealous of that. I need a Brian J shirt. That's what that means. Holy shoot! We all have our so we all have our signature songs. I'd have to call up the guys at Life Wasted, make it happen. Yeah. So. I think is that is that uh, John? Is that where yours is from? Yep. Yeah. Same. It's, it's super soft and does well in the wash. I'm a big fan of these guys. Well, it is big wave, so you would think it would. It do is well big more. wave, and you you know it. All right, that's that's uh, that's where we part here and say goodbye. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. And uh, hey, if you're not following us on Apple, on Spotify, follow us. They don't call it subscribe anymore. They they want to make it so you're part of the community. So follow us, and you can get updates on when our episodes come out every Wednesday. By the way, and uh, just. Keep up to date and uh, look if you want to join us on Discord, if you want to join us on the Pearl Jam Podcast Community Facebook page. We do a lot of stuff over there. Head on over. It's a good time. We got a great community. We love you guys and uh, we're just going to keep doing more as much as we can. Until then, see you next week.
it's just there. Oh, it's off. <laughs> All right. Hey, okay.